You are listening to Go Doc Yourself, your weekly documentary book club. Listen in while we two errands dissect our most recent documentary find. Sometimes weird, sometimes mainstream, but always entertaining. Grab a cup of coffee and let's clutch. Hello and welcome to Go Doc Yourself. I'm Erin McCart. And I'm Erin McCourt, and we're here with your weekly documentary book club. And this week, we're talking about The Beast of Bray Road. This was that Erin's choice, not this Erin's choice. <laughs> and uh, this is on the Amazon. And oddly enough, it looks like two different documentaries. There's one that says it's released in 2018 and one that was released in 2020. It is the same exact documentary. I'm not sure why it looks like it's on there twice. When you have to pay for it, when you don't. So I say go for the free one. It's directed by Seth Breedlove. That's an amazing name, by the way. Right. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about what the story is with with this one. Mm -hmm. Since it's Halloween, we thought we'll go a little bit kitschy, perhaps. Uh, We'll go a little bit themey. So the story is this. It takes place in Elkhorn, Wisconsin, in the early 90s. And it's about a bunch of potential werewolf sightings. It was sort of uncovered by a lady named Linda Godfrey. She was a reporter and actually authored a book of the same name. So um, Mm -hmm. this is a collection of her finding out about this and publishing some articles about this. And then it kind of blew up and she wrote a book from there. Is it a good book? I don't know. Is the documentary any good and worth watching? It's questionable at best, but... I want to say after the documentary, documentary, I'm just as bad as you today. Right? Yeah. I'm going to choose not to read the book. Oh, yeah, of course. I think I get all the information I need from the documentary. You got to admit, though, the imagery, like the, you know, how the, so you're watching these interviews. And of course, it's got the font with the people's names, like, ooh, mm-hmm. we're introducing this player, cast member or whatever. But it'd be like in this like weird gothic font and it'd be like red. And I'm like, hell yeah, <laughs> it is. It's like Dracula wrote this shit. It was so amazing. Oh, I think I love <laughs> the fact that this takes place in Wisconsin, right? It is very flat, very plain, like the most boring landscape. Now, listen, Wisconsin has some beautiful like lakes and forests and it's amazing. That is not where this is located. And they would take these long sweeping shots of a road and a cornfield. And it would be like a minute and there's no talking, just these shots and the creepy music. And I'm like, but nothing about this is creepy. I don't understand why you're trying to force this. Yes, it was, again, amazing, in my opinion, because I'm like, what are we even looking at here? I liked when they were talking about the stories of like, this is a spooky place because there were Native Americans there and they had beliefs and stuff. (laughs) You know, but it's just like, this has always been known as kind of a creepy place. And I'm like, uh, really? Okay. Okay. There's, There's stories about monsters all over the Wisconsin's, evidently. Right? So listen, I will give him the fact that that's where, oh no, I can't even think of his name. The serial killer in Milwaukee, eight people. Uh, Dahmer. Dahmer, yeah. Jeffrey Dahmer is from like Milwaukee, right? Well, mm-hmm. I don't know if he's from there, but that's where he was when they caught him. They have they have a lot of satanic stuff going on there. And my whole thought was, well, of course they do. There's nothing else to do in Wisconsin. You eat <laughs> cheese and you worship Satan. That's it. Come for the cheese, stay for the ritual. 
Does that fit in a license plate? Because that is <laughs> that is gold right there. It should. Well, that's what I thought when they were like, people from all over the world come here to, to do their satanic rituals in the woods. In the woods, you didn't show us a single tree in this documentary. I'm not sure where the wooded area is. And why are they coming from all over the world to Wisconsin? I don't know where ley lines lay or all that kind of metaphysical stuff, but probably not there. Well, I thought there were a bunch of ley lines and stuff in Ohio. So I don't know if they've got the market cornered and all their wooded areas are taken up already by other people doing satanic rituals. Perhaps they go to Wisconsin because it's so flat and you're like, oh, I can see the bonfire from here. Let's just walk on over there and see what's up. 10 miles away. Right. We'll walk 10 miles to that bonfire. Mm -hmm. So they do talk a a little bit about some of the different sightings, which I I just enjoyed so much all along this Bray Road. And they kind of give the history of where Bray Road came from. But Uh, history, they tell you exactly where it is crossroads, every road that crosses it, like anyone has any idea what they're talking about. Yeah. I just think it's funny because I don't know how long this road is and like how big this animal is. It's definitely got a territory because it doesn't seem to veer off from there at all. It's just like, well, I got this one long stretch and that's about it. It's four miles. Yeah. There you go. They did say it was other places too. They just happened to be all over the Wisconsin's, but they just happened to be discussing it here first because that's where she lives and that's where these people live. Mm -hmm. So. So one of them was there was a teenager driving along the road. They hit something, thought maybe they'd gotten somebody's dog. So she gets out. It was very foggy that night from the reenactment. There were two glowing eyes in the distance. And she was like, oh, snap, I I didn't hit anything. Obviously, there's something very big coming towards me. So she hops in the car, fires it up and peels out. And the creature jumps on the back of her car and leaves some claw marks, which the reporter said that she saw with her own two peepers. I don't know how you refute them kind of facts. I'm going to say I've seen Terminator 2 and he had red eyes sometimes and he would hold on to the back of cars and leave marks. Now they didn't look like claw marks, but he was metal and he could turn into anything he wanted. So I think that's what it is. That's the most likely scenario in my opinion. Oh, okay. All right. Well, I mean, why not go from horror genre right into sci-fi? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, I'm I'm open-minded. It's all good. You gotta be. Um, so anyway, that was one of the reported sightings. They talked about one where somebody was driving by and saw a creature over in the ditch along the cornfield and they were eating some roadkill. I mean, the creature, not the person driving, because <laughs> that would be ridiculous. But it was in such a way that it was crouching. They they were kind of descriptive in the fact that like this thing was big. It was several feet tall. It had German shepherd ears. It was an elongated snout, lots of drawings from different people. But this lady in particular said it was crouching and a dog or a wolf or something like that couldn't really get in that kind of position. And then at some point it straightened up and she was like, oh shit y'all. And then she just like put the metal down and uh, also peeled peeled out. out. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So basically once... These sightings start coming out. This lady gets enough that she feels that she can publish an article. I think she does provide names and dates and things like that. So in one respect, it seems like it was well received and the community was like, oh my God, yeah, we've all seen this. Like there were several more people that came out. However, there were a lot of people doing what we're doing and making fun of these people, <laughs> you know, kind of giving them shit for, you know, believing or whatever. But I did enjoy the fact that she did talk to a guy named... John Fredrickson, who was the former Woolworth County animal control officer, and he had a giant file of similar sightings. So I think that's sort of what 
precipitated the book. So it was more than just one article. People got interested and they started to to kind of come forward and there was a lot more discussion. And so Mm -hmm. then it was like, evidently this is like a mascot and everybody's seen it. I don't know. It was kind of funny in that regard. I think they would have named it then. Well, what, what do you name a werewolf? I mean, what would you go with? Hmm. I don't know. Wally? Other than Jacob Black, I got nothing. Mm. Okay. I don't know. Do we give him a pair of shorts and like a basketball jersey? Oh, yeah. We could totally go Team Wolf. Yeah. 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 So then they kind of talk about what are the origins of this? Aaron's hinting around that evidently this is like a hotbed of satanic worship. And it's not just your teenagers out in the woods, copping a feel and dancing around. I don't know. This is like adult level legit devil worship i don't know but um <laughs> there's like those phrases I mean? together legit and devil worship just push me over the edge but yes yes i mean they, they do make sure that you know that this is not just like i mean there might have been law enforcement people involved teachers it even goes all the way to the top i mean i've seen rosemary's <laughs> baby i know even the most <laughs> legitimate people can worship the satan yeah also what i love is that the animal control officer was telling the story about when someone had come to talk to him about mm-hmm. their sighting and out of nowhere, books start flying off a shelf like Ghostbusters. <laughs> so I did like that. So yeah, not only is it supernatural, yes. It's the devil. I mean, he's got a poltergeist. Well, and they had said like, maybe this is a demon. Maybe the people doing the Satanisms it they have brought forth a demon or he said even uh satan himself or i think he said the prince of darkness or something i'm not sure which name he used but the big man himself all right in wolf form in wisconsin which is where i would go if i were saying absolutely oh i mean we've discussed it it's very scenic however <laughs> do you think the prince of darkness would be eating the roadkill i feel like he could probably pull down like a nice steak somewhere i don't know ozzy Osbourne was also named the prince of darkness and he ate a bat so I don't know. Well, I mean, maybe one day we'll be able to have him on the show and we can discuss it. Like, where was the inspiration for this bat eating? Right. I don't know Mm -hmm. that we would get a clear answer, but we'd get an answer, I'm sure. Yeah. Not anymore. Anyway. So, yes, there were some stories about how far back the sightings went. And that's kind of tied into the origin because one guy, well, there was one story about somebody's dad who had worked at a church or a rectory of some kind and went out one night. I assume again, it was super foggy and misty and full of the mystic. Always. And he had a flashlight and there were burial mounds there. So I'm like, I just really jibe with a church because I'm like, that sounds like a cemetery, but not a mound. Right. So anyway, there was a mound and there was some large hairy creature sitting on top of the mound, like digging furiously as if it was searching for something. Then the guy's like, sup, yo, not really, but clattered (laughs) or dropped, you know, something and, you know, squeaked or whatever. And this thing turns around and he utters some word that means fuck off. I don't know, something like Uh, like demon or something. Oh, my favorite. She said she was describing it. So this was the Linda describing it, right? The author. Mm-hmm. She said it spoke in a proto-human language. There you no go. No idea what that is. That's way above my head. And he said, Gadira, which apparently in the Bibles means something. I don't know. She told us what it meant. But I, all I could think of was, hmm, 
probably not what he said. Probably not what he meant. Just, I mean, I've seen a husky that said, can say, I love you. So true. Mm-hmm. But I went and got my numerology done once and I saw people <laughs> who were doing like, oh, I see an N. And the lady was like, oh, there's an N in my mother's cousins, uncles, nephews, dogs, middle name. Like you're <laughs> totally channeling me. And I kind of think this is the same thing. Mm-hmm. That's right. Dara. Thank you. God, mm-hmm. you're so good with the details. And that had something to do with the story in the Bible about Legion, right? The demons that were cast out of the one guy in the cave or whatever. That's where that happened. So that was sort of the tie in there. But yeah, um, it had to do with exorcism and it jumped from one person to another and possibly to the wolf. Mm-hmm. Yes. So that was part of it again. Let's see. I do like that they gave, they gave a pretty good, some history to like werewolf lore. So they... They discussed how in, is it the Greeks or the Romans that had Zeus? It's Greek, right? Mm-hmm. Um, how there was a, a story in, in Greek mythology, like this guy wanted to trick Zeus mm-hmm. and invited him to dinner, but cooked his own son. And Zeus was like, I ain't eating no damn kids and brought the son back to life and made the guy live as a wolf. Right. And I don't know that that's really a punishment. Living in a wolf might be pretty cool. I don't know. Yeah, they did kind of talk about wolf themes and literature and stuff like that. And it's kind of a symbol of greed or lack of control. Yeah. Just kind of doing whatever the fuck you want. I will say they also discussed like um, some history in France and Germany and that we've heard some of the stories, but one of the things she said, or someone said, is if someone could prove you were a werewolf, you were executed. Is that like Salem witch trials type proof or legit proofs? I don't know how you prove one is a werewolf. If you die from a silver bullet, however, you just die because of the <laughs> yeah, bullet. dead, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> I, yeah, but the beauty of the witch thing was like if you sunk and died, then at least your name was cleared, right? And if you and bobbed that's the, that's the and you were thing. a witch, then they killed you anyway, but you got that bad name. You had that bad street cred. Or yeah. good street cred and people wouldn't mess with you in the afterlife. That's for reals. So anyway, yeah, they did discuss a lot of history and lycanthropy and some of the bigger stories of werewolves and yeah, the France and Germany's and stuff like that. And it was, I don't know, it was kitschy and I loved it and in the worst possible way. However, I will say I tend to love bad stuff like that. So there's some bad stuff for the cerebral. That's for sure. No, no. There are some bad stuff that I really like. I like really bad B-rated horror movies. Yes. But this one, here's the thing. Here's the really good thing about this one, though. It was only an hour long. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. So it wasn't like five hours of them doing this. The narrator has a great voice. Yes. But very dry. It Mm -hmm. might get some of the correct inflection. Yes. Thank you. Inflection. Did you say emphasis on the syllable? (laughs) No, No, but you did. Um, Can we maybe discuss Ricky? I mean, anytime you want. Okay. First of all, I can't trust anyone named Ricky. Richard, Rick, I'll even give you Dick. But Ricky, I cannot trust. But do you think his theme song is, oh, Ricky, you're so fine. You're so fine. You blow my mind. It should be. Mm -hmm. But all I can think of is Better Off Dead with that mom going, Ricky, the whole movie. (laughs) And that's all I can hear in my head. (laughs) Great movie, by the way. Love it. Right. So- Ricky Sanchez in 2017 started having encounters, for lack of a better word. Ah, uh, yes. Okay. So his story, and he's telling it firsthand. This is not someone else telling his story. This is this is big boy Rick telling the story. And he says that he goes out one night and he has a headlamp on, as you do. And 
he sees something with red eyes. I love how they all have red eyes and it couldn't possibly be like retinal reflection. It's just demon eyes. And, you know, he walks, he walks closer because Ricky got them big balls. So he keeps walking toward this monster and he eventually like the monster stands up or the being stands up and he's like, "Mm, I don't know how big it is. And he eventually says, well, I turned around and I took the dogs inside. And that's where, okay, one, he probably didn't walk towards it. And two, you had dogs and they weren't going bat shit crazy at something out there. Come mm-hmm. on now. I call bullshit. Mm-hmm. Then he discussed how his his neighbor was taking the trash out. And I assume these are farms, right? They're probably pretty far away. Mm-hmm. Their houses might be set back. So he grabbed the trash out of his house, put it in the truck and was taking it to the end of the drive or something. And he gets out of his truck. He takes the trash out and sets it down. And he turns around and he sees this beast pacing back and forth in front of his truck just looking at him and pacing and he just sits there and looks at it and then gets in his car and drives away the front of the truck is going to be real close to the door of the truck so you just were like yeah whatever dude and just got in your car i mean look he's got his hands free he's got his headlamp on he's free to do judo chops or whatever (laughs) to defend himself so don't you be don't you be calling shit on Ricky? I mean, that wasn't Ricky. Obviously... That was the neighbor. Ricky was, oh, that was the neighbor. telling right. the story of the neighbor in the truck. Ricky was okay. the one who was like, come at me, bro. And yeah. then the neighbor was like, I can't be bothered with you. I got farm shit to do and got in his truck and drove away. I got farm shit to do. That's right. I think there's a lot of shit to do on a farm. I mean, it they just... got to make that cheese. I don't know. <laughs> well, they do. I love their cheese. Yeah. But it's just, is the most, like, why did they put this person on? Seriously. That's when I, I was with them up to this point. And once Ricky started talking, I'm like, and I'm out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm done. And then Linda starts saying how, well, people thought it was giving them messages. And I thought, ooh, like the Mothman. Oh, that's so bitching. No, not like the Mothman. He was mm-hmm. saying things. This this beast was saying things like, I could eat you if I want, but I'm not gonna. And I'm better than you, puny human. And things like that. That's what the messages were. So it's telling you you're inadequate? Yes, it was bullying okay. him. Okay. Mm-hmm. Damn it, werewolves. I just can't. Ricky used his big brain to science that shit too. He said, this is not paranormal. It eats and it breathes. <laughs> okay. Thanks, I mean, <laughs> it stands up. It looks at you with the demon eyes. It's got red eyes. Yeah. Yeah. It's for reals. <laughs> Ricky will always be single. <laughs> Make that statement right now. I got nothing. I mean, Mm-mm. he's just all man. I mean, I don't know if I could stand up to that level of uh, badassery. <laughs> Masculinity. Yeah. Thanks, Ricky. That's great. What did you think about, uh, did you see the part about the reenactment where the car was driving at 55 miles an hour and the, um, I did the CGI of the middle wolf. school standards mm-hmm. was uh, showing the creature running alongside was and, pretty awesome. And they said that this beast kept pace with the car that was driving 55 miles an hour. And I thought, what was happening in the car? Were they like, the woman was like, listen, Bob, you got to go faster. And he's like, but Marge, <laughs> the speed limit. And they just, <laughs> nothing happened. They backed it. They backed it right on down to 43. <laughs> I mean, and the wolf creature was like, I got this. And then they were like, we can't possibly go over 55. So we don't want to, I mean, what are we going to do if it, nudges over i don't know i don't know slam on the brakes pull the emergency brake and flip around or something but speeding <gasps> up is not an option it is not an option 
Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, Let's see. There was another story about people in the car driving and they saw uh, the life and death chase between a deer and a potential werewolf far, far too big to be a regular wolf. Because I, you know, I don't know what the instances, the statistics on wolf availability are in Wisconsin, but these all people, these are people that seem to be experts. They are all experts on wolves. And I think, mm-hmm. I don't know that I've seen a wolf, wolf in real life, but I think it's a common misconception that their size, I think they're larger mm-hmm. than most people think. Maybe not. Maybe I'm just making that shit up. I don't know. I think though, I mean, I like me a good monster show, but they'll talk about any time that you come across people and they're trying to give you their eyewitness statement that it's always terrible. People tend to overestimate how big things are just because they're wowed or whatever, you know, in the moment. Mm -hmm. So when people are looking at the Loch Ness Monster, they always guess, obviously, that it's too big because we all know how big exactly the Loch Ness Monster is. But, you know, if you see a stick floating in in the water, you tend to guess that it's bigger than it is. So they kind of did some experimenting and... In the one show that I watched, and I can't tell you which one it is, but it was just kind of a demonstration of your natural tendencies to assume that things are bigger than they really are in these kinds of situations. And that kind of occurred to me as I was listening to people say, well, it's obviously bigger than, mm-hmm. you know, or it's eight foot tall or whatever, you know, so. Well, and I also thought, are there bears in Wisconsin? Because I would think that, especially at night, a bear could easily be mis- misconstrued as a dog-like creature, right? Yeah. And they can't stand up. So yeah. And your brain does very tall. Yeah. Your brain fills in a lot of details because you're like, what is this? And then once you believe that something is real, then, you know, you accept that it is. And Mm -hmm. I don't know. I just found a lot of that kind of interesting. Now it is hard to say that all of this is completely dismissible. I mean, like there's whatever that phenomenon where people like your crowd, what is that? That mob mentality. Thank you. So kind of, once somebody says something, then everybody's like, oh my God, I think I was, you know, because we all want to be mm-hmm. part of the in crowd or whatever. So I don't know. It's just, it's really interesting. There are some ones that seem a little bit more credible to me, like the lady walking down the road and it runs across the road and like kind of looks at him. I think that's the moment where you pee your pants and then it just like continues running after whatever it was running after in the first place. Mm-hmm. Um, in that instance, that almost seems more believable to me because she wasn't in a car. They weren't going at a fast speed. If something's right in front of you, I mean, they didn't really talk about the distance aspect of it, but that one was one that I was like, maybe I feel a little bit more confident in something like that. Mm -hmm. Well, and they, so there was a story about a farmer. I think it was a physics teacher that decided to move and buy a farm, right? This is towards the end. And he discusses you know, people were telling him about, oh, you live by Bray Road. That's where the, the beast lives and blah, 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 blah. And he's like, yeah, yeah, sure, sure. I just need help with my hay. And, but then it starts with a raccoon. Like there was a dead raccoon and he threw it in his yard because you do. I don't know. But then it was surgically dismembered. I don't know. It, it was disemboweled, but it seemed like with almost surgical precision, which does not seem like an animal to me. I don't know. But he starts carrying out these experiments and starts getting it on film that, you know, animals start getting mutilated in that. And he never actually captures pictures of it or video of it because there's always fog or oh, yes, always something to kind of lock the picture. Mm-hmm. But I will say that one time he they did find paw prints. And there are a couple different people that said they had pictures of paw prints in snow or mud or whatever. And they mm-hmm. had like for size, they would put their hand next to it. And they were really, really big paw prints. I'll give you that. But this guy takes it to like schools, universities, Mm -hmm. and DNR and that. And at first, like some of the university scientists were like, listen, you could, you can 
buy like stilts like this. So this is people just making a hoax, kind of like the Bigfoot hoax a long time ago. But one of the DNR people said they thought it was just a really large coyote, which could be. That seems like a feasible option. Mm -hmm. So it's interesting that he was like, listen, I'm going to, I am going to science this shit. And he tried. He didn't really get a very good answer. At least he didn't get the answer he wanted, right? He wanted something more. But he had four years that he was trying to capture pictures. And he kept coming up with these animals that were disemboweled and mutilated. But he never once got it on camera. That seems really, I mean, how is that even possible? I'd be interested to know how often animals are being mutilated on other farms. You know what I mean? Like how widespread is this? Because if it's just on his farm, I think I'm going to call shenanigans. Right. Well, I mean, if he's close to Bray Road and we have to stay on Mm -hmm. Bray Road, I don't know. Well, the other thing I was going to say, you mentioned the paw prints in the snow. When that shit melts, I think it's going to expand. So Mm -hmm. nobody talked about that. And I was, that was one moment where I was like, hold on a second. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, I just don't understand. Like by the time you have no idea when it was formed and I can understand like, yes, it looks like proof, but. I don't know. I wish that there had been a little bit more kind of critical thinking applied to some of this kind of stuff. Cause I was just like, hold on just a goddamn minute. No. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and I was thankful for my science brain just a little bit. Cause I was like, no, I, and I can't track shit, but I'm like, mm-hmm. me thinks there might be a little bit more going on here. So. Mm-hmm. I don't think you need to be a tracker per se to understand that. So I think it's okay. It's okay. Well, I mean, if I need to learn how to track, I have the internet. So I think that's really all you need. Yeah. Everything's mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. Everything's there. Yeah. I've seen, I've seen TV and shit. I can figure it out. <laughs> I think we've learned that we don't go in the woods anymore. Like you just can't, it just can't be done. No, mm-hmm. no, it's probably mm-hmm. the worst idea ever to go in the woods. It just seems mm-hmm. like bad things are going to happen there. Mm-hmm. It's isolated. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's why this monster has to stay in the, in amongst the five trees that are in this town or this county because (laughs) everywhere else is wide open. So stick in that, that bit of trees and you're safe for him. It's got to make a lot of appearances too at all these satanic rites. So yeah, it's got like a really, it's just a hard to manage schedule. There's a lot of travel time. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's It's thinking about getting an assistant at this point. Hey, now here's the thing is when I first saw the thing and they were like, oh, in 1936, I'm like, wait a minute. How old is this creature? Right? Like Loch Ness, like Nessie. How old is Nessie? Right? Forever old. But Mm. then the Ricky, my man, Dick, he said that there was a group of them. So he had a whole group. So there's more than one. So they can divide and conquer and they can each make an appearance at the different rituals. And I don't think that individuals, people holding the rituals would really know it was a different wolf than before. Mm. (laughs) Thank you, Otis. He agrees. Look, he's like, these are my canid brethren. I'm going to have something to say about it. (laughs) Can you, can you just bring it on down? No. Okay, so back to like real stuff. I'm sorry. Back to this topic at hand. Um, <laughs> I think Aaron Mankey on Lore, uh, the Lore podcast covered this. And he said kind of at the end of the episode, I don't know which one it is. He covered kind of the sightings and all of that in this area. And he said that one of the sightings included two people that saw more than one creature running away. So, yeah, I think that there has been um, some speculation that there's more than one. Mm-hmm. 
Although I call you back to the Jersey Devil, uh, which is a story that I love deep down in my heart. There's only one of those, and it's been around for hundreds of years. So Do you I think- mean, I'm not an authority, but that's that's mm-hmm. what the uh, the word on the street mm-hmm. is. Mm-hmm. Do you think like the Bigfoot, the Yeti, the Chupacabra, the Jersey Devil? Do you think they get lonely? Do you think they have like meetings? Zoom meetings, if you will, now that they just get together and they're like, hey, I just need to chat. I'm feeling depressed because I'm all alone in the world. I mean, I hope that the interwebs has, I mean, it tends to bring people together, people Mm -hmm. of of the same interest. You may feel isolated in your monsterness and then you find out there are people everywhere, uh, beings everywhere that are feeling the same way I am. So for that, I'm going to thank you for uh, making the interwebs inventor. Wasn't it Al Gore? I mean, that's what I was going to say, but then I didn't want to sound like a jackass. So, <laughs> I mean, if we're going to take head for stuff, go. If you're going to go, go big. I mean, I invented post its. He invented the interwebs. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Good stuff. But uh, I mean, that's the beauty of mystery, right? Like, logically, we know that these things can't live without a breeding population. But I think that population genetics suggests that you have to have 30 eligible breeding pairs to have a supportable population. Mm-mm. So Mm-mm. Jeff Goldblum told us life will find a way. Oh find shit. A way. He did. Mm-hmm. God damn you. Dr. Malcolm. You that's, the hottest, that's the hottest iteration of Jeff Goldblum. Can we agree on that? He ages well, right? When he was younger, he was really, really awkward. I mean, look at uh, invasion of the body snatchers, right? Ooh, yeah. Really awkward the fly yeah. and that, but then it just gets, no. gets better with age. I think up to a point. I mean, have you seen The World According to Jeff Goldblum? Is that the name of that show? Uh, I've never even heard of it. There's a show that he's doing now on one of the streaming services, and he's still got the awkward, but he's very gray and uh, little, turtlenecks. Yeah, a little metro for my taste. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think it's Dr. Malcolm for me. Okay. I will say that this podcast this podcast. Stop it. This documentary. <laughs> and this with- podcast is solid. I don't care what anybody <laughs> fucking says. Yeah. <laughs> this documentary ended with like the best sentence ever. Okay. Okay. You ready? I'm going to read it to you. <laughs> I can't do it with a straight face. Sorry. Cause he had the voice. The narrator had the voice and everything. He said, the Bray road beast is an intruder. A being which forces itself unto the lives of those unlucky enough to see it. It could happen anywhere, at any time. It could happen to you. Dun, dun, dun. Right? That's it. That's it. It could happen to you. And I'm like, fish, I don't live in Wisconsin. I'm safe. Yeah, but you are like Wisconsin adjacent. So. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to apologize for picking this one. I, my baby heart, loved it so much. Um. (laughs) Was it good? Eh. Was it thought provoking? I mean, no, no, but I thought it was funny as hell. So um, it was entertaining. I will give yeah. you that. And it is short. So if you're going to pick a B rated documentary, keep it short. Yeah. Don't give me a series. Can't do that. Yeah. And mm-hmm. not everything we can, I mean, like, you know, it can't be just super serious. So oh, I think no. this was a fun choice. Yeah. So mm, they presented it as very serious though. <laughs> and it wasn't even mocking. It was dead serious. Listen, I appreciate that. Stick to it. Mm-hmm. If you love claymation, if you love <laughs> Wallace and Gromit, 
if you love bad special effects, this <laughs> is your jam. Like you simply must see these reenactments. If nothing else, they just made me so happy. Mm-hmm. This is a sweet treat for your eyeballs. Your documentary choosing rights have been revoked for a short period of time <laughs> because of this. So early in the podcast. If I told you that in my regular life, I have been revoked from picking TV shows, I have been revoked from picking movies. <laughs> I would not be surprised at all. Right, at right. All. It's, everybody's <laughs> like, nope, you're grounded. And I'm like, shit, okay. Give me the remote. <laughs> yes. Okay. Well, next week, we're going to talk about what happened to Brittany Murphy. Mm-hmm. That's an HBO documentary. I think it's two episodes. So please watch it and then write in with your comments, questions, concerns, whatever at godocyourself at gmail.com and be part of the conversation. We'll try to read some of those and answer some of those and have the listeners be part of the podcast as much as possible. Mm -hmm. Also rate, review, and subscribe so we can reach more ears. Uh, so we can bring this to tens of people. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Ooh, good times. Okay. Until next time. Yeah. All, All right. right. Later. Later. Later.